Hello and welcome to another new game plus. This time um, we are clearly caving to Paula's uh, favorite genre, <laughs> um, which is visual novels. So um, yeah. as we do with any, yeah, she's very excited. As we do with any new game plus, uh, we hit five categories. We have intro games for someone who doesn't have much experience, foundational games for those who are like, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, interesting takes on the genre. Our current kind of definitive modern interpretation, whether it's modern is a good question, uh, and hidden gems or kind of acquired tastes, things that are just kind of like, there's probably a big group of people who will hate this, but there's some who are going to fucking love it. Um, in terms of how we define visual novels, this one's a little hard because I don't think visual novel has a good definition already. Um, a lot of them, it's like lots of text, like a novel. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay, but... Also, visual novels these days seem to edge really close to the idea of adventure games. Um, they're like, they're kind of like, there's this weird in between, right? Like in my mind, the way I look at it is like the Walking Dead or the Telltale games to me are like adventure games, right? Because you have a little bit of moving around despite having a lot of text and making choices. Whereas Phoenix Wright, to me, even though you do sometimes go other places, you're mainly interacting with text and making choices with those text blocks, right? So I think... Perhaps the thing that defines them a little bit is that you typically don't have direct control of your character. And if you do, although I don't know, I have one where you do have control of your character. So again, this is hard to define, but most of the time you don't. Most of the time you're seeing pictures of your character usually. And I, I think often a lot of the, the, the staples of these genres are branching narratives, you know, typically very dense narratives, mm -hmm. you know, story heavy action yeah. light. Um, to the extent that there is action, it might be a completely separate thing. So um, I don't know if anyone's suggested it as one of their games. I don't think they have. Uh, we talked about Professor Layton and, and the idea that although you've got a very distinct gameplay bit, that sort of happens alongside the story component. And yeah. so I think it, it, yeah. that focus on and also um, complete separation of story from whatever gameplay there might be. Um, yeah. So that, I think that's that's where I fell on that. And like you say, it's a grey line and, and maybe people listening at home will disagree. And if they do, we would love to hear about it in the comments just below the like button. Yeah. Uh, Paula, obviously this is your wheelhouse. Do you want to correct or amend or add to what we've said about how we define this before we move on? One other, one other thing, actually, before I tee you in, uh, the other interesting wrinkle, the other way is kinetic novels, which are yeah. just straight... Um, those don't have any choices. No just narrative whatsoever. There's, uh, there's one on Switch called Loopers that I want to try once it discounts. That's a tangent. Anything you'd like to amend or change or add to how we're defining this before we crack on? So since for me, visual novels are more of the usual well of text, uh, skip, 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 then you make choices and then you reach an ending, I do have uh, like a... Uh, uh, two picks for each of my categories, like, except for uh, the intro game. For me, I'm going to put a game that is like, okay, this is like some uh, a game that most people would say it is a visual novel, like, I don't know, the Saturni games or like whatever. And then I have the uh, pick that is like, okay, this is just a text visual novel, not gameplay, any, any gameplay at all. Mm -hmm. 
but yeah, like uh, we actually did have this discussion on 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 the how long to beat forums a while ago, mm. and it was very interesting because uh, another person who. I don't remember if it was Illusera or if it was another person. Maybe Illusera, I don't know. Um, sorry if I'm putting words in your mouth, Illusera, but uh, <laughs> that was the name that came to mind. But we were like in the camp of, yeah, visual novels are like uh, old texts, and the other games are more like adventure games or like visual novel-ish games or like, uh, first, the other gameplay piece, like Layton, you For me, it is a puzzle game first and visual novel second. Or like it has a visual novel aspect to it. And there are people saying that person can be a visual novel, but no, it is. It has visual novel aspects to it, but it is an RPG. And um, sorry, I'm getting sidetracked. Well, no, that, that's, sidetracked by it. I think that's indisputable, and it is very on topic. So yeah, yeah, no, I think, but th that's the point, right? That um, it's like what we just said when we did um. When we did 2D platformers, we talked about the idea of Metroidvanias versus 2D platformers, where it's like, yeah, Persona is an RPG first, but it has visual, yeah. but you could also label it in the visual novel world because it has those elements to it. Um, but it's like with Metroidvanias, right? We could say, yes, Metroidvanias are Metroidvanias first, and some are also 2D platformers, right? It's like these categories, um, they're not perfect, obviously, and they they mold and they change and they, and they, uh, uh, and they bend and, and move around, like you said with Layton, right? Like it's a puzzler. The reason why I think I had actually count Layton more in the visual novel category than in the puzzle category is that the puzzles have nothing to do with the fucking story. Yeah, like <laughs> a couple of them do, but really they're they're incidental, right, to the story itself. Um, and you could extend that logic to Persona, like they mm -hmm. the the battles are intrinsically linked to the story. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is but what I, I think it's more a case of it's just a shared element rather than a a defining thing like they both have a heavy story emphasis it's not what defines them as being in one genre or the other necessarily yeah mm -hmm. um yeah then should we jump in uh without further ado absolutely yeah so um let's get into our intro games here so uh rick you're first on the list here so why don't you talk about a very surprising pick here yeah sure so I i've got two picks here so the first one um and i think this is a great intro game because the art is fantastic so it's going to draw you in um everyone looks me loves mecha and that's a big thing about this one um and i think the story is very compelling it's, it's going to draw people in uh this is 13 sentinels i guess rim uh what? game i've probably not talked about before now i don't think i have any i've never heard of this um, game. <laughs> and you know if you said i've never heard of that i don't want to do it uh i want something more obscure uh my other pick is root letter uh, and the reason i think root letter is also a really excellent pick for intro arguably slightly more than 13 sentinels is that it's quite um, generic is the wrong word, straightforward is the wrong word. It is very approachable. It's like a, a, a person's gone missing from your childhood and you've come back to try and find them in the town you grew up in. It's, um, it's a very grounded tale. It's a very accessible tale. Um, it's quite a straightforward plot to follow uh, with enough sort of genre staples and, and twists and turns as you go through the narrative um to pull a first-time visual novel player in um it's also a really well-told story and i think at the same time it's quite unique in visual novels for being very grounded um and very believable as events that could actually happen in our world 
Um, and it's a touching tale as well. I, I, I was very moved by the story um, when I played it. Um, it's on modern platforms. So again, very accessible. It's on Vita, always a tick. Um, so I think they, that would be my actual pick. Um, and then I, I suppose it's sort of one we've touched on when we were talking about definitions. Do you want to talk about yours next, Alex? Yeah. So for me, um, I, I've picked Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney, just like the basic start one. Though I could argue, I guess, the trilogy, because nowadays there's no reason to just pick up the first one. You might as well just pick up the trilogy. Um, though I would say if anybody is wanting to get into this, uh, I would recommend that you do not buy this on the Switch um, or buy it on the Switch if you want to support the series, because yay, do it. Um, but then I would say uh, get a ROM for the DS because honestly, the art style is so much better on the DS because it's the pixel art um, and their pixel art is so fucking good. The modern one, they do these HD things. I think it looks a little washed and like a little um, little lamer, to be honest with you. I just, it's like a fuzzy drawer over, isn't it? It's a bit yeah. weird. Yeah, it's just a bit weird. It's just, it's a little too clean. Um, and I feel it loses a bit of the personality. Um, anyway, that's my own bias, though. There's tons of ways to play this game. It's usually extremely cheap. It goes on sale all the time. Um, so I recommend grabbing it. But again, um, you know, I'm not encouraging you to just pirate it. But I would say that um, I would recommend that you try that one uh, over the others maybe buy it and then go get the thing so that you can be the best of all worlds uh anyway the reason i picked this one is just that i really think this is like it's such a this is how i was introduced to visual novels honestly this is what did it like i was introduced to visual novels through this it's the first visual novel i ever played um and it's the reason why i love them and it's the reason that got me into them and uh, made me interested because for me, at least, I've, you know, we've played some Otomes, uh, <laughs> and I don't like just visual novels where all you do is watch and make a few decisions that are usually a little inconsequential. I don't like that. I find that to be a little bit boring, personally. Um, Hunky Boys does make it easier and more fun, um, <laughs> uh, but um, they've got to be hunky enough, and sometimes they're just not hunky enough for me, you know? Um, so this one, but this one has some hunky boys in it, <laughs> uh, that you can really get into. I mean, who doesn't love Edgeworth? I mean, come on. So like this game for me, it, it's just, I don't know. It's so wonderful. It has, it's very silly. I know like for you, Rick, I know this one bounces you off a little bit because it is definitely in kind of a silly world. Like it's not, it's not a realistic world by any means. It's, it's created its own kind of uh, world with like a law system that is obviously uh, very different from our own. Um, and that is, of course, something to be kind of something that you should be aware of and remember that this is based off of the Japanese legal system. Um, and the issue is that they've tried to transfer it when they did their translation to kind of America, which I think has a lot of issues um, just because it is a very different Japan just has a very different system than we do <laughs> where you're almost presumed guilty um, before innocent. Um, and like, I think that's still a thing that happens in America, right? Like a lot of people, when they get accused of something, people just assume that they're guilty first, um, which sometimes very reasonably um, <laughs> and, and other times not so much. Right. Um, but anyway, it, there is a, it, it's kind of a, a major critique of that, right? Of the idea of like the job of, of one is to, is to imprison others, right? So 
Um, anyway, I think it's great. There's a lot of choices you get to make. Um, you have to actually investigate, and there is nothing more satisfying than going objection and then hearing that dun 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 dun, dun music as it comes to hit in, and it's like dun, <laughs> and you're just like, oh my god, yes, and like, dude, I'm not, I'm fucking, ah, oh, dude. The highs you get while playing these games where you're like, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, I'm cornering you. And then they explode off and it is the fucking best, man. It is the best shit ever. Um, So yeah, I think if you play this, because another reason why I think you should play this one first is because like, like with what happened with Rick, right? Where Rick learned that he didn't like it. It's a really great litmus test for what sort of visual novels you're going to enjoy. Because I think it Mm. has a really strong, um, tone to it but it also because it is a little bit wackier and i would argue it's not as wacky as a lot of visual novels get um it's like in that in between mode right yeah so for me it's like if you play this and you're like oh i fucking really dig this and then think to yourself what elements of it do you dig is it that you like the kind of more interaction with it okay great so you're probably going to want to head into the kind of you know 999 or like Layton and like these kind of visual novels that have a little more interactivity if you like the wackiness and the storylines the most yeah you might want to start venging over into like the Steins Gates or the Atome world right um it like it's a very good like I think it helps self-select for what people might be into uh with these sort of games so yeah I think it's a it's a great one to kind of kick things off with Anyway, that was my long-winded thing. <laughs> my long-winded pitch on why you should be playing the Phoenix Wright games. <laughs> and um, I think your, your litmus test point is absolutely solid. I think it is a good sort of branching off place. I will say my problem is internal consistency, not necessarily goofiness. That is a conversation for another time. Um, but mechanically, it is good. And I think it is a great um, introduction to visual novels more generally. I think that is a, and a I good pick. And that's another that's another point towards the litmus test, right? Like if if because like a lot of them are not going to have internal consistency. <laughs> um, yeah, so fair. if that bothers you, that's like a good point on like ones that you're like, okay, I definitely don't want to hit on this. But anyway, Paolo, why don't you regale us? I'm sure you have a bunch here. Um, yeah. So first of all, I'm gonna do like uh, shot in the dark and or like uh, honorable mention for this, which is Famicom Detective Club, which has oh, been yeah. remade for the Nintendo Switch and just in the Switch, I think. And it is divided into two games. The last minute I use right now because Paula forgot, I probably put in a link in the description or something. And um, I haven't played this, but I have my eyes on them. And Same. as far as I know, it is uh, more of a murder mystery kind of thing. And I think those kind of like visual novels, like really, I like, it's again like a little bit It's like, okay, you like the mystery, but want more interactivity. Well, then you have Phoenix Wright's attorney. Oh, you like the way the story it is told and you don't mind the, the wall of text. Then you can go into the other wall of text visual novels. Now, the through, through the recommendations that I have are both Ochama games and both are Wall of Text kind of thing. They don't have no. like any. I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. Um, this is like uh, two that I should have um, probably like um, told you to play first, guys. But it is called Realize Guardian of River, mm. which is a very. It's more on the lighthearted side in the sense of there isn't like very like sad bad ending. So if you get a, do get into a bad ending, like you're not gonna be depressed for your life. And it is 
more intuitive to know like which option kind of is, is is like the the correct one or like the one you want to pick if okay so there are very clear uh points where you could end your game in, in a in a single um option because there's like some dead ends like that and in this case it is really clear when or where you should probably not pick that that uh option that will end up with people being poisoned <laughs> so, and Fair. in the other hand you have color malice where i think this is one of the more less romancy and more story focused games that people are gonna like more mainly because you have the whole x going on and there are like murders and there's like uh different cases and each case will be linked to uh a specific route so there's more replay replayability in that sense where like there is a mystery code realized but you kind of like get to the uh to the um to that like in the middle of the game and then you have like um i guess ways the story disembolves after solving that mystery where in color malice you kind of have to go through all the roads to solve the mystery though each route is a mystery in in of itself oh my god that was a mouthful uh but i feel like all of these are very good choices uh, or very good picks for anyone who wants to dip their toes straight into all of the visual novels. And yeah, are those uh, all the intro games? Yeah. And um, how about foundational games, Rick? I see yeah. you're doing that cheeky thing over there. I, I don't know what you're talking about. So, foundational games. Um, if you've played Root Latter and you think, I want something a little bit more complex. Um, something with a branching narrative. Jesus um, Christ. Something <laughs> that asks a little bit more. Are you going to fucking do this the whole thing? All right. <laughs> I do what? I don't know what you're talking about. So if you want something a bit more complex that takes it to the next level, 13 Sentinels Argus Rim um, does this thing where it has branching paths. No two are the same because you can take them slightly different ways around. Um, what I would like to talk about a little bit more is my second pick because we've all uh, picked Zero Escape, sort of. Um, so you've both picked the first game in that series, which is 999, um, nine hours, nine persons, nine doors. Um, great game. Fantastic game. Probably the first visual novel I really, really sunk my teeth into. Um, for me personally, uh, the Zero Escape series is kind of strange because as the gameplay improves, the story um, worse. got worse. And so, from my perspective, like the best game in that series is the one where both those lines crossed over, uh, and that is the second game, Zero yeah. Escape, Virtue's Last Reward. Um, and, and to a certain extent, you know, for a list like this, the first game in the series probably makes a bit more sense. But I, I just think on its merits that Virtue's Last Reward is A, the far better game, um, B, stands up in its own right, so it, it's moot that it's not the first game in that series, and three comes in a double pack with 999 anyway so it's doubly a moot point um the zero escape games are, are fantastic they um elevate the escape room stuff by just going balls to the wall with the story and the story is great but it is the kind of thing that would only fly in a video game yes. that someone would be willing to sink that that much amount of time into um and, and that's the only way that you can get that much story across um the puzzles were always engaging. Um, 
the the games were just a breeze. I, I remember even the third one, which I think is objectively the weakest of the three. Um, I remember breezing through in a couple of game, couple of days because they're the kind of games and the kind of tales that once they sink their teeth in, you just got They are not letting go. Yeah. Um, so, I, I, what about you two? Why did you guys pick the first one over the second one? Conversely, to me, because they haven't played the second one. Oh, Paolo, what the fuck? Oh, okay. To be I fair, do have it in the backlog, but I haven't. Yeah, to be fair, for a you long should. time, until recently, like wasn't it just last year where they released the collection? Like it was really hard to fucking play all these games because they were spread over so many different consoles and um, paths. I'm gonna hard disagree because you both have Vitas, which is how the one of the platforms, the second and third game, was available on. So the first game, obviously, nine 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 was no, originally no, no. a DS. Exclusive. I know, Rick. I've played all of them, but what I'm saying is. Hardly anyone owns a Vita. <laughs> I know we love them. Does, but oh, Paolo yeah, yeah. does. Right. Yeah, I so do. My point. They play on DS? The first one, sure. But you, the first one you Vita. play on DS. You can't play the other ones on DS. That's the issue. No, 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 no. no. But, but Paolo's saying she didn't play it. And then weren't you saying, to be fair, it might have been hard for her to get a hold of? No, I'm saying, to be fair, it's hard for people to get a hold of these because they're, they're all over the place. Until recently, it was a lot harder. I will grant that. That's my only point. <laughs> We're both yeah. right, is what I'm hearing. But yes. yeah, it, it... <laughs> the 3DS release of Virtues Last Reward, if memory serves, had like a, a a save bug as well. So the Vita was, even before the Nonary games sort of brought the first two together, uh, Vita was sort of generally accepted as and the And here's best how way. I played them I played the DS uh, for the first one. I played Vita for the second one, and I played PS4 for the third one. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're all over the fucking place. Um, they are a little bit all over the shop, yes. Yeah, and they're all great. But uh, even the last one, I, I really enjoyed, despite uh, you were yeah. correct that it's, it's definitely worth. I picked the first one because I actually think the first one is, um, is a better visual novel. Not necessarily a better game, <laughs> but I think it's a better visual novel. I think the second one, I agree with you. I think I hold the second one as the like I think the best game out of all of them um I think it just kind of like fixes some stuff um but the first one it just has a spell you know like it just casts this kind of spell on you because it's your first experience you know what I mean like it's like you don't really know what to expect so when you go into the second one you kind of know what you're getting into now um mm. which doesn't diminish the game by by any means but it definitely um meant that the game was like a little less just a little bit less special for me you know um just because i i i really didn't know what i was getting into in that first one and then as it unfolds you're like what the fuck you know like it's one of those games right um but again they're so good that it's like i i i do agree with you that you could kind of start anywhere but i think you're you're really robbing yourself if you don't start with the first one um yeah i agree with that yeah, it's truly a wonderful experience. Um, and I, I I do not, do not recommend starting with the second. Only because I think it's worse to start there and go back. Whereas it's easier to start with that first one because like you said, the second one improves a lot of things. And I think it's going to be harder to play that second one and go back to the first one. Um, but uh, anyway, so that's why I picked it. Um, I don't really want to, like, this is a hard game because you don't want to say much about it because it is one of those games where genuinely like the Danganronpa series it's all about what happens in it you know like it's all about the the plot and the character dynamics um which is why these games are so much fun right like I think very often we play a lot of video games where 
um, in the story is there, but you don't really give a shit. Like, no offense to Dead Space, but like, the story's great. Like, don't get me wrong, but that's not what I'm there for primarily, right? Like, I like it and it 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 ties me along and it's really cool cosmic horror. But at the end of the day, I'm there for fucking the tight uh, survival combat of Stump and some fucking zombie uh, or, you know, monster heads, right? Um, but then obviously a good story is kind of what elevates it above just like Callisto Protocol, which apparently is kind of a broken game, um, which is a shame. Uh, anyway, uh, that tangent aside, that's why I picked that one. Um, and I think we all made excellent choices for this one. Paolo, <laughs> uh, you have one more though, Paolo, right? Yeah, I do have one more, and this is the. This was actually my first visual novel nice. ever, uh, but I wouldn't recommend it to be the first visual novel for anyone because of how the narrative works, and that is Stainsgate. <laughs> Even though you have like a very clear endgame, that is, uh, which I'm not going to say because it's spoilers. There's people who haven't played it, but. You have a very clear endgame, but you have to do a very, you have to make very specific decisions early on in the game and during the gameplay uh, to get uh, to the true ending of the game, which is probably what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, still, the game has branching narratives, but the way you get into those friendship narratives is like easier than most visual novels, but the way the story is structured, I feel is the reason why I would put it like as a, as a visual novel for people with more experience rather than for beginners. Mm. Still, I totally recommend it. I love this game. Follow-up question on that. Now that Chaos Head Noah is available in English, would you say start there or would you still say start with Gate? Um... That would be interesting because if you want to follow and get all the references, I would recommend uh, going through with the um, by release schedule, um, the release schedule, which is Chaos Head Noah, then Steinscape, then Chaos Head, sorry, then Robotic Notes, and then go with the sequel to each one in that order again, because Child Steinscape Zero and Robotic no stash. Okay. If you want to experience, like, if you just want to leave your toes, I feel Stacey's is a better way to start because it is actually the strongest narrative of all three. Mm-hmm. There's things you won't get, which I didn't the first time I played it, and I hope I get after I play Chaos and Not. And you'll get more of the references because there's actually, like, Things that are like intertwined if you want to experience like the complete story. Mm-hmm. Mm. But still, Steinskit is the, the one that will pull you in more easily, I think. Fat Class Chaos Head Noah has some uh, gore problems, I guess. Like, it is the, the, like, the reason it was almost banned from Steam is in nudity, it is gore. Hell yeah, I'm in. <laughs> you just spoke my now fucking I'm language. Interested. Gore, hell yeah. I'm a fucking horror fan. Let's do this shit. Yeah, I, I was not interested, and now you've got my interest. Banned for gore? Hell yeah. What is this fucking game about? Yeah, like the, <laughs> the, the game was way too fucking graphic for Steam, so they actually 
told the developers, hey, if you don't change this, the game is banned. And because of fan backlash, the game was allowed to be on Steam, but the game was going to be banned. And if you go with the, um, the Committee of Zero patch, the one that is centric, mm -hmm. then you have the full original experience that was for the Xbox. All the gore, Three. let's go. Yeah. yeah, my dude, gimme gore. <laughs> gimme, gimme, gimme. Who, who doesn't want gore? Gore's awesome, man. Uh, <laughs> this, we're getting the horror world, you know? Uh, okay. Yeah, on that note, um, speaking of... No, I don't know. <laughs> interesting takes. <laughs> Actually, yeah, speaking of interesting gore, let's talk about interesting takes on the genre. That was a terrible segue, but I tried. Um, there's, uh, there's nothing more interesting than uh, a, a visual novel that also has RTS segments. And that's why my pick for this one in particular um, is 13 Sentinels Igis Rim. Um, I will let Paula talk you about it. You know, that's not fair that you just said, you know, we're talking about speaking of gore and then I can't use mine. <laughs> 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 I got one that has gore in it. <laughs> Go on. Yeah, sorry. Let's, reset. let's start again. Uh, yeah. Oh, Christ. You do as well. I do, yeah, right? Yeah. Right. Go ahead. Um, well, I picked Doki Doki Literature Club because I think it literally is an interesting take on the genre. Like, I mean, um, and obviously there's some gore in this. And like, look, at this point in this day and age, um, in <laughs> at this time, in this era, <laughs> this what's the fucking the Skinner and the I know what you mean, but I Chalmers. Yeah. Um, in this locality, at this time of year, <laughs> anyway. Um, I've been watching a lot of The Simpsons. I'm doing. A, I've been marathoning through The Simpsons, so I'm a little. I'm a little Simpson minded right now. Doki Doki. Everyone knows about this game now, right? Like, I don't think there's like anyone on the fucking planet who plays video games who like doesn't know what Doki Doki Literature Club is. So obviously, at this point, it's like I, I'd almost say it's like cliche to talk about. Um, but when it came out, it was pretty fucking you know groundbreaking, um, and was certainly a really interesting take on it because of its whole like the whole meta thing that it does, um, and the gore stuff, and the fact that like. It, you know, it does shit with your computer and stuff. Um, it's a really interesting game. I enjoyed it. It's free. So, like, I mean, what the fuck? Why not just jump into it? Um, and I think it it plays nicely with, with kind of tropes of the visual novel. And I think it asks some interesting questions about our interaction with these uh, characters and our the, the, the sort of um, the relationships that we form with uh, online sort of these, you know, these made up characters um that i think is kind of fun and interesting um and yeah to me it's just like it's an interesting it's an interesting look um and i picked one other one which is trauma team uh which is the trauma center games this is the the wii one because this is this is a visual novel big time and it's a visual novel with multiple branching paths and even okay this is why i checked because at first i wasn't sure how long to beat labels it a visual novel only. That's the only thing it gives for it, which I'm going by how long to beat. <laughs> um, obviously, there's more to it because you're doing all these like surgeries and stuff. But like it, it tries to be like one of those like, I don't know, like General Hospital or like Grey's Anatomy almost um, sort of things. And it's wild and insane. Like the story is nuts. Um, it makes no sense, but is very fun. And uh, it's such a unique take because you're doing all of this like surgery and stuff. Um, in the midst of this like very visual novel story um, that even like plays out in, you know, with the speaking heads and, um, and, you know, the text boxes and whatever. So like, I think it's really interesting take. I really recommend people play it because it's actually crazy fun. 
Um, and is it really holds up well. And it's one of the few examples of uh, the motion controls actually functioning as they're meant to function. <laughs> like I found that I didn't actually have like difficulties with the controls, which genuinely is saying something about the Wii because as much as I absolutely love the Wii, when you go back to it, you realize like, oh, oh, these this control style wasn't ready yet. <laughs> These limitations are all the clearer with the benefit of hindsight, for sure. Yeah, um, and even with all that, I was still like, wow, this is really fucking fun. So that's, that's mine. But I guess, Paola, you want to talk about the one that Rick has picked as well? <laughs> so, Thirteen Sentinels, I use Rim. Um, this one is interesting to me. Basically, because of how you have different narratives in the sense that you have different characters that um, are the ones running the narrative, and you have to start like um, kind of like puzzling together every little little bit of information that you are given, mm. and also you have the uh, the RTS sections that are. Kind of connected, but not really to the overall story. Yeah. Uh, sorry, but, but there there was a disconnect over there. But still, you have to like do the mega fights to get more story, and you have to do more story to get more mega fights. And the more interesting uh, thing to me was seeing how different characters would see the same situation. Uh, from different perspectives and then you go oh so that is what is happening like those are like my favorite bits and i can say no more because that would uh, i don't want to spoil the game for everyone like if the less you know about the game the better your experience will be and if you want to hear our spoiler talk you can always go back to the very first new game plus with a very sweaty and tired alex um, <laughs> In the middle of a heat wave. Was a very oh, yeah. Spoilers, yeah. I am much less intense on that game now. It is a fine game. The other game that like I think that I'm is not like saying the... it's fine. But it's fine. <laughs> <Let's keep going. laughs> I'm not saying it's fine. The other... It's good. <laughs> Someone talk! I'm not... <laughs> Get me out of this! <laughs> Since I said I was going to pick a well of text, kind of a jump sorry, kind of visual novel uh, for each category. The interesting take for me for that category would be Nor 9 Bar Commons, mainly because you don't start as the female protagonist and things happen and then you get to choose one of the three protagonists of the game. So this one is interesting in the sense of, hey, you don't have a single the, the the same way if the 13 Sentinels tells you, hey, you don't have to see everything from one perspective. This game tells you you have three different perspectives to experience the story from. And from those three perspectives, you have three more routes for each. And then you get like the full picture and it all like eventually like connects. You don't, it, I would have loved if it were like in 13 Sentinels in the sense of, hey, this narratives literally like connect at the end and you have to play like one route for this, one route for this, one route for this one. And then it, it will all make sense. Uh, but sadly you play one route from beginning to end and then you can play another protagonist and then you can play another. 
um, still, it was a fun time. And Rick, you have another pick over there. That I I'm do. Quite I have interesting to throw out in the shuffle. Um, and this is Valhalla, uh, aka the waifu bartending simulator. <laughs> um, this is fun because I, I didn't quite realize at first that it was a visual novel. Um, I genuinely thought it was going to like be a mixology game um, with a bit of story around it, but it is very much the other way around. It's a story first and alcohol second. And the alcohol does sort of bleed in, in the sense that depending on what drinks you're making for customers, you can tweak the way they'll respond to you in certain ways. There's the obvious, you can sort of slip more alcohol in and, and get them drunk. Um, you can like intentionally pick the wrong things. There are certain times where they won't know what they'll want. And they'll give you cues and based on the different drinks you have available, you have to sort of pick which one is the right one for them. Um, and behind all that, not only is it, is it wonderful pixel art, a phenomenal soundtrack, soundtrack I, I still regularly put on as like background music when I'm doing sort of demanding tasks or, or you know, things where you just want some instrumental stuff behind. Um, but the, the story is really touching and it goes way harder um, than I expected it would going in. Um, but it is really wonderful and I can't wait for the developer's sequel, Nirvana, uh, when it eventually uh, comes out. Um, so this brings us neatly to our definitive modern interpretation. And there can be nothing more definitive as a modern interpretation of this than 13 <sighs> Sentinels I get for him. The, the story, the complexity of the narrative, the richness of the tapestry, the fact that it manages to blend RTS combat into that at the same time, um, the way it gripped me for 30 hours just uninterrupted. Uh, it's a fantastic game and it absolutely is the one. I just um, want for the I record that my eyes have rolled into the back of my head. Thank you. I'll go out on the limb and, and say Paul is probably feeling about the same. Um, my other pick, and I think this is one, actually having a look at Paula's, I, I know that you guys will agree with a bit more, um, the Dangan Romper series. So I've picked the first one. Paula's picked the second. I actually do agree. I think the second one is maybe a slightly stronger game. Um, but I think and it's weird because I've sort of flipped my argument versus when we were talking about Zero Escape. I think truly a lot of the things that the story does in the sequel, you just won't have an appreciation for unless you already know about Monokuma, unless you've been through the first um, game's narrative. Hmm. Uh, Romper is phenomenal. It takes the idea of an escape room, expands that out, and then takes this sort of trial concept and builds a completely different thing out of those constituent parts. Uh, more than that, it has such a bravado in the way that it takes that narrative, takes certain tropes, um, embraces them, and then fucks with you using what you're going to take from them. Um, right from the word go in that game, um, there's characters that are flipping your expectations, subverting them. Um, and more than I think almost any other visual novel, I think the, the way that it handles those trials and the idea of truth bullets and the extra stuff that it throws in, um, uniquely excellent in the way that it blends gameplay and story there. Um, there's a game on Switch called Nosia, which I've read rave things about. If I'd played it by the time we were recording this, I might also potentially be tagging that in. I did just want to throw that name out there. So I haven't heard a single bad thing about that game. 
Um, Pala, why don't you tell us a bit more about the sequel um, and why you picked that one over the first one and in general? So I think that one of the things that Tangerine Three has over the sequel is that it has, I feel, a stronger cast of characters. Yeah. And also, uh, the no, first of all, the novelty, and also you have to play the first one to really appreciate the second one. But the thing is, Danganronpa 2 has my favorite trial of all the series, uh, like of, of, of all the three games that have this format. We don't count uh, the shooter one, but uh, Danganronpa 2 has the best case, in my opinion. You probably know which one I'm talking about. Or like, you might have an, an idea. I honestly, it's a while since I've played Danganronpa 2. I remember a couple of the I've killings. Never played. I'm really having to like dig back in my head. Sorry, what was that? I've never played them. I tried playing the first one and I, I couldn't get into it. I don't know what it is. I've tried playing them multiple times. I can't get into them. I don't, I don't know what's it's, stopping me, but something just is blocking me with these games, which is weird. They seem I mean, my I think that there's a lot of similarities, not necessarily in the evidence gap, but... In the, the the trial component, I think it's too it, it weird for me. while also remaining internally consistent, which is nice. Um, I've got V three to play this year. I've had it for a long time, and this year I've decided this year I'm going to play it. So we'll probably talk more you about that. play V three. Yeah, maybe I'll try I, and play uh, V the first one then. While uh... that'd be cool. We should definitely. Yeah. Do that. Um, but in terms of games you have played and picked. Why don't you tell us about your definitive pick, Alex? Yeah, so one of them is definitive for me, but not modern. And then the other one is actually kind of modern. Um, they're both, um, you know, major, just, you know, major shocker here, guys. They're both his <laughs> attorney games. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I don't think this is like too shocking. I picked Gyakuten uh, Kenji 2, which is Ace Attorney's Investigations 2, The Prosecutor's Path, right? The Miles Edgeworth one. Uh, fucking kick ass game, man. Uh, really ups shit up uh, too long in my opinion, but still awesome. Um, it, it really like hits on all of the good shit. It like, and, and the reason why I actually kind of put the two games that I put together, cause I have the great Ace Attorney Chronicles here, more specifically the second one is that for me, the great Ace Attorney Chronicles, like Yakuten Kenji 2 walks to the great Ace Attorney Chronicles could fly kind of thing, you know, like it was like a run, I guess. Because really, these games are super similar, where it's like they have a first game that is fine, like it's good, but it's a lot of setup. And then they just like blow you the fuck away with the with the next one. And they're like, all right, so you know all that setup we did? Here we go. And they just like, they just fucking <laughs> go to town and they're like, get ready for the fucking uh, fallout from all that. Um, and that's very much what these games kind of represent to me. Um and yeah, they're just as as far as I'm concerned, they're just they're just kind of masterpieces. Like, um, they're both ten out of tens for me. Uh, maybe the first one more like a nine point five, but definitely the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles. Like that second game is a hundred percent a ten out of ten. Like it is just incredible. And now that they're together in one whole package, I'm like, well, yeah, there's no reason not to pick them up and play them. Um, and I think they've clearly done well. I believe those. Uh, the, re the release here, at least in uh, the States, did quite well, I think. Um, it didn't do very well, like, back over in Japan, but that's also fair. Those games were already released in Japan, so, like... It's a different prospect, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, right? Um, and I think it's given the Ace Attorney series a bit of a, 
I, I feel like the Ace Attorney series is actually in a pretty good place right now. Um, uh, over the past like while, like you know, it never really went away, right? Like I think it's 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 had its lulls for sure. Um, but it's always kind of been there, and it's it's always been ready to kind of pick up the ta- its ta- uh, tail coats again. Um, and I know Layton's coming back actually. So anyway, um, mm. which I don't know. We'll see. Um, he's dead now, mm. so I don't know how the tricky in it. Like yeah, like the guy who made all the puzzles died a while ago. So oh, did he? Oh, I didn't realize that he's been dead for a little while. I think actually. Um, oh, that sucks. Yeah, he was already old as hell. Um, yeah, hold on, puzzle maker dead i'm pretty sure he died yeah he passed away on the 6th of march at 90 years old and that was in 2016 so oh wow okay he's been dead for a while uh yeah so and when he died the games got worse so uh i don't know you know like he was kind of it's one of those cases where he was one of the best ones anyway this has nothing to do with my games um no (laughs) they're just Uh, those those are my i don't know man those are my that that's my definitive right like it's just it's they're just great. They're just really good. That's all I got to say. They're they're excellent. They're perfect. They're wonderful. Um, should we move on now? I think we've all talked about our uh, definitives, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna glide us in to uh, our hidden gems or acquired tastes here um, before somebody can put his joke in. Um, <laughs> I, he has no idea what I'm talking about. Uh, no one knows what we're talking about with this. So nope. Mine, I have two here. Um, one that I picked was Aviary Attorney because I think Aviary Attorney I would label as kind of a hidden gem in the sense that yeah. I don't think a lot of people know about it, right? Like we've played it. Um, not many people know about it. Uh, it's certainly not an acquired taste, I don't think, because it's basically just Ace Attorney with birds. Um, and it, it's very fun. Um, mm. You know, if anyone watches It's Always Sunny, this is actual bird law. Um, <laughs> Charlie would be really good at this game. <laughs> <laughs> like, why have i never made that joke before i know right you haven't, you haven't <laughs> oh, that yeah uh charlie is versed in bird law <laughs> um anyway, anyway. It, it's a great game uh it's a lovely game um i really loved it i i'm sort of sad that i hadn't played it sooner than when i did but mine for me the one that i really would consider to be both actually i think a hidden gem and an acquired taste is paradise killer um, and Paradise Killer is very unique because I could see people arguing that it's actually more of an adventure game than it is a um, than it is like a visual novel. But How Long to Beat says it's a visual novel, so I'm going by my Lord and Master. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I think it is one, right? Like, there's it's it's all about talking. Um, and yeah, you move around and you you can move around a bunch and stuff, but you're really just moving to get to another conversation. So. Um, what's neat about this game is that you are running an investigation um, and it's all basically going to culminate in a trial and you can actually start the trial at any time um, which is fascinating because you can very much get the wrong outcome um, though any outcome can be the correct outcome if you want but there is definitely a corrector-ish outcome um, and I just thought it was really cool because you can learn so much about the world in it it's got this kind of uh vaporwave aesthetic to it um or vaporware aesthetic right where it's that kind of like uh i don't know what do you call it the early internet's vibe sort of thing where it's just like pastels and very like like i don't know how how do you describe vaporwave it's it's you know when you see it um (laughs) 
It's like pornography. You know it when you <laughs> see it. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, that's my pick. I think it's um, I think it's just like everyone I think should play this game because I really think it's it's a it's a brilliant take on the genre and it uh, it's just so fucking cool and the characters are awesome um, and it's a unique special world that actually like with Rick says this world has very very strong internal consistency to it. It's very different from our world, but the world that is created is quite consistent. Um, and its consistency is kind of wacky and fun. So anyway, the, the con- general conceit of it is that you're in a paradise, um, but the paradise, um, they constantly kill it off, right? Because they're trying to create the perfect world. Um, and there's been a murder and that's not meant to happen, right? It's been actually a long time since there's been a murder in paradise. Um, and so you have to figure out who did it. Who done it? Who killed paradise? Paradise killer. Exactly. Ah! Wow. Um, all right, Rick. What are so, yours? <laughs> <laughs> it's one I've not talked about yet. It very much is a hidden gem. And um, uh-huh. all jokes aside, like I know this has been a running joke. I think this is probably the most appropriate spot for it because I, I don't think it really garnered um, the attention it deserved to garner. Um, that's in Japan or even here, and I, I, I was hoping that would change with the Switch release. It doesn't seem to have really made a big ripple. Um, that is, of course, Thirteen Sentinels: Argus Rim. Um, I do stand by my contention that this is a phenomenal game, um, albeit with you know a, a less than perfect, very easily cheesed RTS component. But the story itself is fantastic. Um, the twists and the turns and the discovery and also the fact that all of that was made possible while giving you a high degree of autonomy about what order um, you're accessing that story in. Um, Vanillaware's arts never looked better. That's not quite true. I think Muramasa's maybe got a slightly better art direction, but is as good as it's ever been. Like It still is a standout component of that game. Um, Muramasa had more to work with, right? Like, I mean, you're in this kind of... Muramasa did have more to work with. I need to replay Muramasa. It's such a phenomenal game. But 13 Sentinels is also phenomenal. And I just wish more people had played it. Um, I've got two other small hidden gem picks. The first of those is Subsurface Circular. Um, This is a small visual novel um, by Tom Biffle, creator of um, Thomas Was Alone, and also the John Wick tie-in game and a few others. Um, he's behind the Tron game that's upcoming um, at the time of recording. Um, Subsurface Circular is a game where you play as a robot detective stuck on the underground tube line. So all of your uh, visual novel stuff is essentially people ending up on the train line with you. Um, and the conversations are all happening in like direct, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like chat like, feeds between you and the yeah, other. Yeah, like telepathy. Yeah, almost. I'm looking for... Um, it doesn't matter. It's not important. But the, the story is really well told. The setting is very different. Um, this was a small budget game. Um, it embraces that and it embraces the limitations therein. And I think you come out with a really good um, tale, a really good game on the whole. Um, that is equally true of Space Court. Um, I have oh, never yeah. laughed so much in like an hour of gameplay. Like It's very short, but it is very good. And um, a game that had zero marketing, I only came across it because um, a, a games journalist sort of mentioned it in passing, um, and it, it 
piqued my curiosity. Um, the writing in this is just fantastic. The, the story in and of itself is is not breaking any new ground, really. Um, you know, there's certain things it does that are, are relatively unique, but it, it, it's about the journey rather than the destination and the way that the narrative is weaved and the, the way that the jokes are constructed and presented. Um, it really is fantastic. And it's only a couple of pounds. Like it's well worth a look. I wonder, is that game on? I would totally replay that if they've ported it to Switch. I hope they have. Anyway, sorry, Bala. Um, why don't you tell us about your hidden gems and or acquired tastes? So one of them is more of the hidden gem, and the other one is a very acquired taste. So uh -huh. Battle Wars is one of the Atomic games that have been trapped on the Vita for so long, and I don't think it's, uh, it's escaping from there. And the story is more like you are a teenager, you die, and you go to this kind of like limbo kind of place where you have to, you have two outcomes or you kind of like fade out into existence and you die for real, or you get the golden owl and you're maybe able to go back to your previous life. Right, okay, yeah. And this game is, it's not the best that Automate, Automate has to offer, but I do find it very entertaining and very unique in both the aesthetics and the overall story, like within visual novels at least. And the characters, the, the professors are like weird. Let's let's keep it at that. And you have like two sides that are like the good apples and the bad apples, like the good apples that are trying to get this place in order and try to keep the order in. Like, try to be as good as an apple and graduate and go to the next life. While the variables are like, I don't want to lose my identity. I don't want to lose my... Uh, they are trying to get the golden apple to uh, be reborn. Or not reborn, sorry, to go back to their previous life. And they try their best to, like, keep their identity because the good apples usually, like, start losing their identity because they try to follow all the rules and be, like, as much of part of the student body as possible. Like they want to not stick out to just go to their previous, to, to their next life. So they start forgetting the previous one. And the other one that is 100% acquired taste and holy crap, it is weird. It is Hatoful Boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, a, that's <laughs> yeah, that's accurate. <laughs> acquired taste, the video game, yeah. Yeah. Um, mainly, you are, uh, the, again, a teenage, a teenage girl who goes to a school in this post-apocalyptic world where um, birds have gained sentience and are kind of like reigning over humans so in a way. Hot. <laughs> <laughs> there are like very, there, there are some very silly routes, not gonna lie, but there is an actual story to this. If you get all the routes, there's an actual story to this. And there's a reason why you go to this school that is like, holy crap. Forget about um, avian flu, more like avian fever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, if anyone wants out of 
to your curiosity just wants to play this i do recommend getting uh maybe skipping like most of the endings and just try to get to the actual true route because it is quite interesting and it does such an wide 80 on what it is otherwise a very silly game it's a christmas spin-off as well we should probably play that next christmas. that would be interesting <laughs> just for the lols note to self yeah um oh, i'm fully down with exploring this weird game i mean it looks like it's right up my alley just like strange and fun mm. so yeah those are my two picks for this category and i think we're done with this one, i think we? we are yeah i think we have we have we have exhausted um this topic which is great um so yeah there's a we actually we had a ton here it was interesting because when we first started this i don't know if you were like i don't know if we're gonna have enough but there's a lot of visual you know, like, like yeah i mean it helps i put 13 sentinels five times that did pat me out a little bit <laughs> I mean, but to be fair you definitely had five examples um of different games yeah. at least in each one um it's, it's one of those things where like you know, visual novels, especially if you've been like a Nintendo player or if you've played like a DS or Vita at all, I feel like you've almost had to have played a visual novel at some point because they're just, yeah. they were so ubiquitous on those uh, systems because they really do work in a handheld format, right? Like visual novels are kind of shit if you have to play them on a console because who wants to be reading text on your big TV? You know, you kind of want to be up close to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, with all that being said, thank you everybody for tuning in to another New Game Plus. Um, I'm sure we'll return with more New Game Pluses in the future. If there is a genre of games that you want to hear our uh, thoughts on, let us know. Obviously, it kind of depends on if we've actually played any of those games. Um, and speaking of, if there's something we've missed and is an absolutely glaring omission in your eyes, you know where to let us know. Yeah, scream at us. Tell us, you fucking idiots, you forgot this one. <laughs> and uh, we'll get back to you. We don't mind. We know it's <laughs> love. Um, all right. That's it. Toodaloo. Peace. Bye.